When I was growing up, I remember that usually on Christmas Eve, my dad would read part of the Christmas story from the Bible to us, and he would start with Luke chapter 2, verse 1, uh, the classic King James Version, which says, And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And then he would add, And that decree has been in effect ever since. And, of course, my dad was joking, but the reason the joke works so well is because that old King James translation says the whole world, right? The whole world should be taxed. Now, most modern translations change it, and they say the whole Roman world. But the truth is that in the original Greek, it just says all the world. And that's because the Roman Empire saw itself as the whole world. They had a very high opinion of themselves. And they thought, well, we are the real world, and anyone outside of us, they're barbarians. They don't really count. The whole world, the real world, is the Roman Empire. And the one who was regarded as the king over the whole world was this man, Caesar Augustus, Mr. Tax Decree. And. Uh, he was the man who, who issued that decree, and it was a powerful decree because it had the power to force Mary and Joseph to leave Nazareth, and as we discussed yesterday, if you were here, they, that meant that they had to go on a journey that was 90 miles, 90 miles in the days before cars, uh, to travel uh, all the way to Bethlehem so that they could register in their hometown so that they could be taxed. So Caesar Augustus, this is a man with a lot of power. He can make a decree like that and people move, right? Powerful man. And uh, supposedly he's the king over the whole, the whole world. Now I know that Caesar Augustus isn't part of our nativity scene. So you might be thinking, well, let's just move on from him and get to the nice part about the angels. Uh, but I want to talk about Caesar Augustus for a little while tonight because I've realized that if we really want to understand how incredible the angel's pronouncement is, we have to talk a little about Caesar Augustus. So this is a picture of a coin that was minted probably about 20 years before Jesus was born. And supposedly that's Caesar Augustus there, that's his, his face. But what I really want us to notice is what the backside of the coin says on it. There are two, two words. Uh, Divis Lulius, which means the divine Julius, which means the god, Julius Caesar. Uh, now, Julius Caesar, quick history lesson, stick with me, I promise this will have a point. Uh, Julius Caesar was the emperor before Augustus. And after he died, he was formally deified, which means people came to recognize him as God. And so many people throughout the, the empire would worship him as a god, and Augustus, his successor, was his adopted son. So the reason that this coin says the god Julius Caesar on it is because it's trying to remind us that the guy on the front of the coin is the son of God. The son of God. So keep this in, the, in mind, okay? The guy who issues a decree at the start of the Christmas story in the Bible is a guy who throughout most of the Roman Empire would be regarded as the Son of God. 
Now, before Augustus became emperor, he was a military leader. And he used his military power and his skill to bring an end to the rivalries in the empire. Things were kind of a mess, and uh, Augustus came in, and he used, his, used the power to squelch all those, those rivalries. And after he did that, around 27 BC, this pronouncement was made that said, providence, fancy word for you know, fate or, or sometimes for God, Providence, by producing Augustus, has sent us and our descendants a savior who has put an end to war and established all things. So stick with me here. About to get to the point. The point is this. On the night that Jesus was born, he was born in the Roman Empire. And in the Roman Empire, there was someone named Caesar Augustus who people thought of as a son of God, as a savior, and as one who brings peace. And in addition to all of this, I've heard that when the emperor came to power, it was announced throughout the empire as good news for all the people. They used those words. So let's look, ag look again at what the uh, angels said on that first Christmas night. They said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And then they add a little bit after that, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. So the angels announced that a Savior who brings peace on earth has been born, and that this is good news for all the people. And even though Jesus isn't called the Son of God in the angel's announcement, we have to remember that just one chapter before this, in the same book of, in the Bible, an angel comes to Mary and says that the child that she is going to have will be called the Son of the Most High, and who is higher than God, right? So do you see where I'm going with all this, okay? This announcement that the angels make, it's not it's not just this sweet, sentimental offering of peace and goodwill. This is the kind of announcement that could get someone killed if they said it. Because it's a challenge to the emperor. It's politically revolutionary. Because what the angels are actually saying, the essence of what they're saying is this. The guy who everyone thinks is in charge really isn't. The true Caesar has arrived. Caesar Augustus, he is not the, the true son of God. He's not the true savior. He's not the one who really brings peace on earth. And he's, he's not good news for all. But someone is. And on the first Christmas, he was born in human flesh. Now, we don't really have a Caesar today. But we can make a mistake that's very similar to the kind of mistake that the people in the Roman Empire made, we can make the mistake of thinking that human leaders have all the power. We can uh, make the mistake of, of assuming that human leaders have all the power both to ruin the world and to heal the world. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, it's undoubtedly true. Human leaders have a lot of power. Okay, human leaders can bring a lot of blessing and they can bring a lot of, of cursing. But no human leader has all the power. 
No human leader is ultimately in charge. No human leader is the savior of the world. No human leader can really bring peace on earth. No human leader deserves our worship. And no human leader deserves our unquestioning loyalty. The only one who deserves those honors is Jesus, because Jesus wasn't just a human leader. He was a human leader, but he wasn't just a human leader. He was God, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. So Christmas should remind us not to be too afraid of human leaders and their power, right? Because the true Caesar, Jesus Christ, he's come. He is ultimately in charge. You know, human power comes and goes, but the true Caesar's power lasts forever. So there's two lessons that I want us to take away this morning and to reflect on this Christmas. And the first one is what we've been talking about. It's this. Jesus' power is greater than Caesar's. And for us, that means Jesus' power is greater than any king, any government official, any president, any dictator, any corporation, any military, any country. Jesus is greater. And in case you haven't noticed, history has been bearing this out, right? The Roman Empire came and went, but Jesus and his church remains. Kings have risen and fallen. Governments have formed and dissolved, but the message of Jesus has continued to spread, and it's continued to spread across continents and across cultures. It has power. Other things fade. So Jesus' power is greater than Caesar's. But there's a second lesson from the Christmas story, and I think it's just as important as the first. And it's this. Jesus uses power differently than Caesar. Jesus uses power differently than Caesar. Caesar's power was expressed through force, right? Through military strength, through riches and wealth. And so it must have been very strange for the shepherds when the angels said, this will be the sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Think about that for a moment. <laughs> the disjunction there between those two things, right? The shepherds have just been told the true Caesar has arrived, the one who has all the power, the one who can bring peace on earth. When you're told that, and then, and then you're told, here's the sign that you've seen him, you expect to hear something like, uh, here's the sign that you've seen him. He's coming over the horizon with a, a huge army, and he's going to slaughter anyone who gets in his way. Right? Or here's the sign that you've seen him. You'll see a man who's 10 feet tall, and he's got armor so heavy that no one could carry it. Or here's a sign that you've seen him. He's, he's walking into town arrayed in the finest jewels. But you don't expect to hear, you'll find a baby lying in a feeding trough for animals. That doesn't follow. What Christmas reminds us is that God's power sometimes looks like weakness by human standards. You know, think about it. What is weaker by human standards than a baby born to a poor, vulnerable couple that can't even find a place to stay? And yet the angels tell us that this baby is greater than Caesar. 
This baby who we now know is going to grow up and never hold government office, never get married, never have children, never have a place to lay his head, never command an army. This baby who's going to grow up and be publicly executed in one of the most brutal ways humanity has devised. This baby is more powerful than Caesar will ever be. How can that be? Well, you see, God knows something that many of us don't, something that many of us never figure out, which is that there's something more powerful than armies and violent coercion, something more powerful than the influence that comes through money, and that is that the best, most effective power is love. Love is the power to actually care about others. Love is the power to sacrifice for others. Love is the power to choose not to take revenge, even when you really want to and you really can. Love is the power to be humble, right? It's the power to associate with people that society would deem lesser than us. Love is the power not to just be controlled by profit and money, but to have values that are higher than that. Love is the power to be generous. Love is the power to forgive. See, we have a tendency to think power is measured by how hard you can hit, right? But sometimes a better measure of power is whether or not we have the strength to choose not to. Caesar's power was that he could hit, and he could hit hard. But Jesus' power was most revealed in that he could humble himself so far as to become a baby, Something that I've encouraged our church to think about over this Christmas season is whenever we see a, a, a nativity, to recognize that infant Jesus is God in the flesh. And that is the most radical demonstration of humility there could ever be. Because in that we see God, the only truly self-sufficient being in the universe, willing to become a baby. right? Willing to become someone who looks like they're dependent on a mother and a father for food and for shelter. You know, we see God, the one who spoke the universe into existence, not speaking a single word as a baby. And why did God humble himself that much? Well, a full answer to that question is a sermon in itself. So I'm not going to go into the details. But the, the quick answer is this. We were separated by our sin from God. A huge gulf existed between us and him. And God so wanted to be in relationship with us, the only way to bridge that gulf was for him to humble himself and come down to us. And that's what he did. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. And it's that kind of humility, motivated by love, that reveals greater power than any government position, any amount of money, and any army. And as followers of Jesus, my prayer is that we would be reminded this Christmas, that this is the kind of power that's supposed to be our example. This is the gold standard, the power of humble love. And may we have faith to believe that it's this kind of power that really is greater than any other kind of power, that this kind of power really is the most effective, and that this kind of power really is going to win for all eternity. Let's pray.
Lord, we thank you that you really are greater and more powerful than any earthly force. We thank you that even as uh, people are, are, are prideful and, and think that they really can control the world, Lord, that ultimately you are the one in charge. And we thank you that you, the one who is in charge, is a God of humble love, a God that desires to rescue us. And you so desire to rescue us that you humbled yourself radically to come to us. Lord, I pray that this Christmas uh, we would receive the love that you offer and that we would celebrate it. In Jesus' name, amen.